Sangmanani Dumalang, good evening and welcome to episode 361 of the Private Property Podcast. I'm your host, Uzamandunga Kumalo. It's the Wednesday edition of the Private Property Podcast. If you join us for the first time, welcome to your daily dose of all things property. The only property show, the only daily property show in South Africa that caters to your property needs. Welcome to the family. It's absolutely great to have you with us for the first time. We hope you're going to stay around and of course do make sure that you go to our Facebook or YouTube pages to catch up on all the great episodes that you have already missed out on. You can of course also catch up on all the great episodes on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And to all our regular viewers on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube, welcome to it. You know how we do every single weekday. You and I have an appointment at 7pm where I'm always in conversation with property experts who help us navigate our property journey. doesn't matter where we are on our property journey, whether we're looking to buy, to sell, to build, we are renter, we are renting. This certainly is the one-stop shop on all things relating to property. And of course, talking about the one-stop shop on property matters, you know that you can catch other great shows across private property's social media pages. As it is a Wednesday, you can catch Esther Clarkson on the first time home buy show later on, where she's always in conversation with people who've not only walked that first time home buying journey, but have gone continued to grow their portfolios from strength to strength. And every Tuesdays and Thursdays, you can catch Mbali Nwanko on the farming podcast, tackling all things agriculture. And on Mondays and Fridays, Chad takes us through incredible properties that you can find on www.privateproperty.co.za and of course you can catch that every Mondays and Fridays at 8pm. And then, of course, there's myself, Zamadu Mokumalo, always on your screens at 7 p.m. And it's always so great to have you with us on the show. It's a Wednesday. It's the second Wednesday of the week. And I know the second Wednesday, we always have somebody from the APSA Home Loans team. Uh, this evening, we've got a double team, uh, two members from the APSA Home Loans team. And we're going to be looking at the consumer insights on the home ownership index that, uh, you know, that APSA has. You know we have this conversation uh, every quarter. The, the person that we always have who's almost become like he's, he's definitely part of the family. He's here uh, often enough, Umuzi Zim, who's the head of advanced analytics at the APSA Home Loans. And this evening, we're also joined by Unombuso Suluego, who's a data science manager at APSA Home Loans. Umuzi Unombuso, good evening, and thank you so much for having us on the show, for joining us rather on the show. Good evening, Zama. Zama it's such a pleasure to be here. Uh, so one of the things that Umuzi did off air was comment that Numusa and I are you know, matching. So we've got a great color combination going on. And, and it wasn't planned. I love serendipitous moments like this. I, I don't think we've actually ever had it on the show before where a guest and I match like this. And I think orange is such a, 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 a rare color. Like it's not a common color like black. You know, it's easy to match with black. But orange is such a unique color that it certainly is special. And I think one of the things is definitely looking forward to having Lomusa for the first time on the show. Looking forward to having her on the show for future episodes when we tackle this particular uh, topic. And before we look at some of the, you know, the insights from, from quarter three, Muzi, the question I always ask you every time we have a conversation is, what is the APSA home ownership, you know, index for people who probably don't know, uh, what exactly is it and what does it measure? Thanks, Samad. The APSA Home Owner Sentiment Index, it 
tries to measure exactly that. It tries to measure the sentiment, what makes it stand out, you know, from other measures that we've seen in the reader state space is that we want to know what is happening in the hearts and minds of actual consumer, everyday people, me and you, um, not necessarily interviewing intermediaries or any other industry stakeholders. So we will um, uh, contact a couple of respondents and we'll ask them a series of questions to try and get a dipstick uh, of what, what they think and how they're feeling about the property, the property industry. Uh, and where we found it useful, uh, especially in the, in the interesting roller coaster we've been on over the past 18 months, is that it's been able to give us a good sense of uh, where everyone is, where the consumer is and has been able to give us a very useful leading indicators for where we can expect uh, the market to move in, in, the, in the coming quarters. Mm. And I mean, I think one of the, the great things, and we always talk about it, Uzi, is that you know, data is great, but data for the sake of data isn't particularly useful, right? We, there, there's certain things that you want to be able to do, especially with great, rich data, uh, and to use it to drive certain decisions. And I think this is one of the benefits. Uh, certainly, I can see it from an organization perspective, but also then from a consumer perspective, when you're uh, reading the report on a quarterly basis and want to you know, get a sense of what the sentiment is from people who are already kind of in the property space, uh, who are probably homeowners or who are investors around certain things within the property space. And, and, and we'll, we'll get into, into that. And I think, no, Musa, I want to bring in. When we look at your know, Q4, Musa and I do this conversation every month we're looking at Q, you know, every single quarter. But when we look at Q3, rather, uh, you see, I'm already in Q4 mode. I think Q3 did it, pull a number on me. And, and Q4 is already moving so quickly. I think we're, we're going to be ending the year in two weeks' time. The way it's moving, it feels like we're going to have ended the year in the next two weeks. But Lumos, I want to look at you know Q3. Perhaps if you can share with us about what some of the, the latest stats with Q3 um, in the report are. Um, thanks, Amos. So what we are seeing is that the overall confidence together with all sub-indices, they've rebounded up to quarter one levels after the dips from quarter two. Um, if you can remember, quarter two results were largely influenced by the acts of violence and destruction on property um, that we saw at the beginning of the early parts of, of July. But what we're seeing now is that sentiment is up five percentage points, and it currently sits one percentage point ahead of, of quarter one. Um, and in fact, this is the highest, second highest sentiment that we've seen since the inception of the HSI report. Um, and the main drivers that our respondents are citing, um, it's property's ability to create long-term value. They see it as a secure asset, and it's also the potential for it to really create long-term income. Um, what we've also interestingly picked up is that sentiments towards selling, which has largely lagged pre-lockdown level, um, it has finally started to recover and we're seeing it now sitting close to the 2019 levels. 
And there's really two camps of, of respondents. So there are respondents that are seeing the opportunity to get a really good selling price currently in the market. And then there's another set of respondents who are potentially continuing to feel some financial strain, um, citing that if you can no longer afford a property, then you should probably rather sell. And if we compare this to some of the data that we're seeing coming through from the national regulator, um, data that's showing that credit granted has actually increased 6% quarter and quarter, as well as the fact that we are unfortunately also seeing this decrease um, in the number of consumers in, in good standing, it really starts to paint a picture of a, a consumer group that uh, is concerned around, around affordability. Um, if we also look a little bit forward, uh, we, this could spell some, some, some challenges once interest rates start to, to rise because expense on debt will also start to increase. And of course, this will mean that it's, it's going to place consumers under additional pressure. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you know, so I think I got excited uh, to have you join this conversation with Muzi and I because we are on together. And I forgot to mention one thing to our viewers that I know they're already messaging us uh, about and want to find out if we are doing it this evening. And that's, of course, the daily competition that we run. Uh, of course, it is still happening. So do not worry. There is just my excitement having somebody new uh, and, and somebody that I'm also matching with, right? I think that's never happened before. Uh, we are of course running that incredible competition on our Facebook page where you send a chance of walking away with 500 rands in cash every single evening. Uh, we'll be taking a break slightly later on in the show to get a sense of who might be the lucky winner of that 500 rands in cash. Remember, the only way you can walk away with the money is that you need to be watching us live uh, and drop us a message down here below to claim your prize. So that is me getting excited. The competition is still on. It's not going anywhere. We've got 500 rands in the money bag. Yesterday, we had Farana Siddiqui uh, claiming that 1,500 rands. So we're going to be back at 500 rands and, of course, be able to win that cash. Now, Namuzo, I think one of the, the really great things that you, you mentioned, and it's, it's actually not so much great, but it, it's disheartening because we, of course, saw it uh, a few weeks back, uh, was the... When, when you mentioned how there was the, the sentiment, certainly when we looked at Q2, the violence that we saw in that particular quarter certainly had an effect on um, you know, the this people's sentiment and certainly people who are in property. Perhaps share with us what have been other socioeconomic or even social political events that are that affected Q3 results, especially as you, you know, indicated that uh, you know, the sentiment overall went up and it's the second highest that, uh, that we've had since the, the sentiment uh, index was, was started? So, so positive sentiment was really just driven around um, the, the opportunities there are in, in getting a good selling price currently. And then the negative sentiment really, it was the biggest driver for it with respect to, to the negative responses that we got. It was the lack of economic prosperity um, for both households and for the country. And there's still a measure of uncertainty that still exists when it comes to, to COVID-19. Um, what we also found, however, is that there are a number of respondents that would really like to, to participate in, in home ownership but uh, are unable to. So respondents who do not own a property, they had the highest growth in buying sentiment uh, quarter on quarter, but they also still continue to cite concerns around affordability, um, risk to income, and given just the, the current economic environment, 
Um, and I think this talks a little bit to the challenges um, facing South Africa when it comes to unemployment, uh, especially, especially among the I am, of course, this evening in conversation with the APSA Home Loans team, Ulumbuso Sibego, who's a data science manager, as well as Umuzizim, who's the head of advanced analytics. And we're looking at the consumer uh, home, the homeowner sentiment index. We're looking at the quarter three uh, insight and, of course, taking your questions and comments on our social media pages. We've got Umata Shunane here saying that I always find these updates very insightful and helpful. She herself is a property investor and I think one of the realities with being a property investor is you really want to get a good sense of, you know, different data sets that help and certainly, you know, inform how you make, uh, you know, your investment decisions. Uh, sometimes when you're buying for your primary residence, you don't need to consume as much of this data because, you know, you're just buying this one property, you and your family are going to live there. But the moment the decision is about investing in property and buying multiple properties and trying to figure out what kind of strategy uh, you also want to have conversations like this certainly help in you making better decisions and, and just more strategic decisions uh, on your property portfolio. Now, Muzi, our resident, uh, you know, our resident homeowner sentiment index guru, uh, I want to bring you in. I think when we look at the sentiments towards buying uh, and how it's essentially reached an all-time high um, earlier this year, perhaps when you look at what you've seen, especially given how the, the sentiment has recovered to pre-lockdown level, have share with us you know, that relationship because I mean, when I've looked at it as, as a property investor, I'm, I'm always intrigued when I look at certainly the, the, the stock that we're constantly getting in the market, uh, how long it's also just staying on the market. Uh, and as much as we're also keeping up with you know, the, the registrations and the sales, they're not moving as quickly as the stock is coming on the market. So can you just share a little bit uh, for us when it comes to, when it comes to that? Oh, certainly, Zama. Um, so, so for this one, we're kind of going to go down memory lane a little bit. Uh, sentiment in Q3 uh, or sentiment towards buying property in, in, in Q3 uh, is currently sitting at 81%. Uh, now, to remind everyone, we were sitting at an all-time high of 82% in Q1. We saw a reduction, as Unombuso mentioned, uh, given the acts of violence and destruction to property that we saw in Q2. Uh, essentially, in Q3, sentiment towards buying property has pretty much recovered. Um, and, and also earlier, Unombuso mentioned that sentiment towards selling has finally recovered to pre-lockdown levels. Uh, now, in our conversations since we went into lockdown, we saw most of our indicators recovering and even exceeding pre-lockdown levels, except sentiment towards selling property, which, which, remains, uh, uh, which remains stubbornly low. Uh, what, what this means now with uh, sentiment towards selling, um, it had remained flat in, in Q2, and we took a bit of a dip in terms of buying sentiment, and that's where we saw, we saw the gap close. And many of our conversations in the last year were around this gap between buying and selling sentiment, because more people were saying buy, 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 and fewer people were saying sell. So it, it kind of gave a, a, a gap between uh, buying sentiment and selling sentiment, and that then resulted in what we had predicted last year, which which kind of started happening this year. We saw house prices uh, go through go through a cycle of some of, of some healthy growth, and our industry stakeholders, uh, when we spoke to them, they were talking about about stock levels that were 
that were starting to come that was starting to come down. The other thing that we saw happen last year when the market recovered was that we saw a lot of first-time buyers coming into the market. And when a first-time buyer comes into the market, they typically, well, they kind of all, if they're first-time buyer by definition, they always come in, they take a property that's available for sale, and they don't necessarily have a property that they can sell or, or, or put back on the shelf for someone else to buy. And that's one of the things that kind of drove down the stock levels as, as we saw last year. The other thing that happened with interest rates having come down, there were a lot of non-first-time buyers who either upgraded their property or wanted to purchase, uh, you know, their, their first investment property because now this was affordable. Uh, this also resulted in, in somewhat of a decline in, in overall stock levels. What we saw this time uh, with the recovery in selling sentiment, um, as, as Noam Buso mentioned, the one thing was around affordability where respondents are starting to talk about affordability and potentially you needing to think about selling your property if you can no longer afford it, or even selling your property to enable you to upgrade to another property. And I think the difference here is, is the dynamic in the market where we are potentially going to go into a cycle where people are still buying properties, but now we're starting to see people release the properties that they currently own back into the market. That's, that's kind of the implication of the recovery in, in, in sentiment towards selling. Uh, but the gap between sentiment towards buying and sentiment towards selling, sentiment towards selling has recovered to pre-lockdown levels, but buying sentiment is very close to all-time high, all-time mm -hmm. highs. So, so we're, still seeing, we're still seeing that relative uh, gap where there's relatively more um, uh, would-be buyers than, than would-be sellers. Mm. And, you know, Muzi, we're going to look at something that you've touched on, and that's the, the interest rates. But I want us to take a quick break um, and get a sense of who this evening's winner of that 500 rands in cash is. Remember, if your name is the one that is picked out, you have to drop us a text down here below in order to claim your prize. We'll be taking more of your questions and comments uh, just after this. And the lucky winner of that 500 rand in cash this evening goes to Utabiso Mutrantua Mufugeng. Utabiso Mufugeng, I hope you're watching us. Do drop us a message down here below. And of course, we are going to uh, make sure that you get that 500 rand in cash. And in the event where, that in the event where Utabiso doesn't uh, raise his hand, then you know the normal thing is going to happen. We're going to give, uh, going to put that back in the money bag and it's going to be 1,000 rands uh, that will be up for grabs tomorrow evening. So Tabiso Mufugeng, you've got until uh, the end of the show to get in touch with us and let us know uh, that you are watching us live in order to claim that prize. And of course, I'm still in conversation with Umuzizim as well as Nombuso Sibego, who are from Sibego, who are from the APSA Home Loans team. And looking at the, uh, the homeowner sentiment index, looking at the Q3 results, we have this conversation every quarter because uh, we understand the importance of you know, 
getting data and having it dissected because sometimes sometimes you may not want to read the report although i can attest this report is actually a really great report nice and easy great graphics great to understand it's not one of those long 300 page long reports that you struggle to you know read through it's really easy light accessible reading so i do urge you to actually read it uh, every time we have this conversation because it really does give you good insight uh, into some of the things that could help you make better uh, property decisions now was it before the break you you know you mentioned one of the things that you touched on was of course you know interest rates and one of the big things that we saw that um, in many ways the, the low interest rate carries carried us through the past couple of quarters uh, when you look at I mean what and I know that you don't like talking about your own expectations but simply what what are the expectations for the coming uh, quarters especially given that we know interest rates are going to go up I mean as much as there certainly was a school of thought that said bye 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 these are historically low interest rates uh, we might not see them again anytime soon the reality is they they, they were here because of the crisis we found ourselves in and not because we sort of gradually uh, took them down. And we know that they're going to go up uh, and they're not going to go up in seven years time, right? It's, I mean, we'd love that. Listen, uh, if the Reserve Bank is listening, I think it, we, we would absolutely love it to take that long uh, for them to, to rise, but we know that's not going to be the case. So when we look at uh, the fact that we know they're going to be rising and they, they are one of the factors that have carried us through the past quarters. Now, what, what are your predictions for the coming quarters um, given the imminent rise? Uh, correct, Zama. So we, we, we think interest rates where they are, they are, they've bottomed up, they're at the bottom. We don't think we're going to go lower. Uh, we think we're going we're gonna to start going, we're going to start going up. Uh, the, the, the one view that we have put forward, and, and it's a view that we've had for a while, um, is that we think interest rates will, will remain where they are for the rest of this year. And we'll see the first 25, 25 basis point increase coming in March with another 50 basis point in, increases um, later on next year. So either one increase of 50 basis points or two increases of 25 basis points. I think one, one interesting thing uh, or one important thing to highlight is we don't think interest rates will increase at the speed that they came down. Uh, so in, in three years' time, we don't believe that interest rates are going to be sitting where they were sitting in January last year. For example, we don't think the prime lending rate is going to be sitting at 10% in three years' time. We think it will it'll still be, be slightly lower. But we do expect about um, a 75 basis point um, uh, increase, increase in the coming year. And what the big rate cuts did last year is we think they prompted somewhat of a structural shift. Uh, where, as we mentioned, the supply and, supply and dynamic supply and demand dynamic shift re resulted in an increase in overall uh, property prices, and this happened exceeding inflation. So, so house prices uh, grew in real term, and we think consumers are just used to where interest rates are sitting now. We also saw many uh, uh, consumers reaching for more expensive properties across the board. So first-time buyers who couldn't afford, they were able to now participate in the market. First-time buyers who were going to buy anyway, anyway, we saw they afforded uh, slightly more expensive properties. And we also saw repeat um, non-first-time homeowners or rather uh, non-first-time buyers 
who were bringing forward the upgrade decision. So those who had planned to upgrade this year could upgrade last year. Those who planned to upgrade next year could upgrade this year, um, et cetera. So we think as interest rates start to increase, it will bring down a bit of a, a, a bit of a slowdown in terms of what we saw. And I, I need to I need to use my my words carefully. We we are not expecting the market to slow down. We just expect to slow down in how quickly the market has been growing. So we think the market will continue to grow. Uh, we just don't think that the market is going to continue as as quickly as what it's uh, been running right now. So we still expect house prices to continue going up, uh, potentially starting to slow down. And I mean, we don't expect the slowdown in, in, in the growth rate to happen immediately. We expect that to start um, kind of happen gradually, potentially halfway in, through next year and even um, into the second half of the year. Mm. Uh, you know, Lumbuso, one of the things that uh, Umuzi has touched on is around you know, people upgrading, you know, their homes. And we, we've obviously seen it. I think the great thing about the lower interest rates is people who are living in, let's say, a 1.5 in property. were like, well, now I can actually qualify for, let's say, a 1.8. Uh, and I, I want to go for it. But this 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 concept of upgrading uh, obviously doesn't always extend to having to buy a completely different you know property but some people it it can be as sort of small scale or as less drastic as doing renovations in your particular property where you now are in a in a space where you can do certain renovations in whether the property you're living in or your um, other properties you know what 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 came out from this quarter when it comes to the sentiment around um, renovations so renovation sentiment has actually been one of these interesting uh, sentiments to track because largely there have been a lot of, of changes. But what we saw was an interesting new trend um, in quarter three of 2020, where we saw non-first-time home, homeowners that generally scored quite low renovation sentiment. We've seen them start to now score quite high, um, either first or second. Uh, we believe a, a big part of this is, is potentially the adjustment in monthly household expenses, um, which has made renovation expenditure uh, a lot more viable. So, you know, reduction in travels and number of holidays that people are taking, entertainment, all of that sort of funneling into, into renovations. Um, so what we're also seeing is that respondents are, are citing the potential increase in value that can come out through, through these renovations. And they are also expecting that they, they're going to get higher returns when, when they sell. Um, but it, it's, there's also a, another dynamic that plays out because the upgrading decision, it's also a bit different for many non-first-time uh, homeowners as a lot of them are living in what they believe will be their for, forever home. So it's quite tricky to move uh, a settled family um, away, you know, kids away from their friends, from school. Um, so it's just a lot more admin that's involved in that uh, as compared to first-time homeowners or, or non-homeowners. Non mm. and, and I think one of the things that's happened is that our winner 
this evening has in fact claimed their prize. So congratulations to Utabiso Mufuge, who's going to be walking away with that 500 rands in cash. Thank you very much. Uh, and so that is, of course, us still on 500 rands for tomorrow evening. Uh, so all you have to do, if you want to be just like Utabiso, make sure that you comment on the pinned post on our Facebook page, where we want to find out some of the, the, the nuggets that you have learned while watching the show. And of course, we want to reach that bold target of 20,000 comments. And if you are the lucky winner, then you set a chance of walking away with that 500 rands in cash. And all you have to do is to be watching us live in order to claim that prize. Now, uh, Mimusa, I want to come back to you. When we look at, then at the sentiment, uh, you know, what, what's the sentiment when we look at buying versus renting this quarter? Because uh, I think this is one of those areas that is just generally contentious. Uh, and I think now more than ever has also become quite contentious with you know a lot of um, people's I'll say general sentiment being that look this is a great time to buy you know why pay somebody else's bond and I, I mean I don't ascribe to to that philosophy but they're like well this is a great time you're probably going to be uh, you know paying the same amount your bond payment is going to be low but when you look at the the sentiment of you know, buying versus renting what does it look like for quarter three. So, so renters and investors, they continue to be made for, for each other. Um, renters scored the lowest in buying versus renting sentiment. So more of them still preferring to, to rent rather than to buy. Um, and the biggest drivers that they're citing is around um, the fact that there's a lack of job security and they're not able to, to afford uh, buying a property at this stage. And you know, renting really solves both these. It gives them that relative flexibility that they that they need. I think one of the big things I'm really glad when renters, uh, I say, go the extra mile of not buying to the site. Uh, because I think there's quite a lot of hype right now. Um, buy a property because it's low interest rates. When, for the most part, I always say the low interest rates alone can't be the primary indicator. Of buying a property, assuming that a customer needs to consider that there are certain ways of taking advantage of it. If that is the primary reason, uh, then you, you need to go back and, and probably assess uh, and get a sense of whether you truly can afford the place, especially for that long term, you need a possibility that renting continues. That you can stay in a place for a year and then you know, change places or things get too difficult. Get a slightly cheaper place if you want to upgrade, get a slightly more expensive place. But that ease of being able to move. I love that we're still in a market where you know, the renters and the investors are in fact linked to each other. It's able to help them uh, sort of meet each other's uh, financial needs. That was it. We, of course, can't close off the show, but that the one question I was asking you every single time we were here, and you know that you don't quite like it, but it's the last time that I will get to ask you this question. That's a question for Christian. Right now, it's key. Um, Zama, I think um, the market's still looking healthy. Uh, I think we'll, we'll see our indicators um, on the acquisition side. So overall sentiment, sentiment towards buying, buying versus renting and sentiment towards investing. 
I think we'll see those um, remain buoyant or remain close to where they are. Um, I do suspect that we'll start seeing sentiment towards selling continue to creep up um, as we as we've um, seen property owners um, enjoy in, enjoy the benefits of of pricing increases. Um, I do think that we'll we'll hit a bit of pressure next year once we start seeing those those. Um, those interest rates go up. Uh, maybe our indicators might come down slightly, but I think overall it'll be a positive story for the property market. Uh, fortunately for us, the consumer has a long memory. Um, and, and I think what's kind of happened in the property space over the past year and a half has been has been positive. And I think the consumer will, will carry that um, forward for the next one. Well, Muzi, I know that this is the last time that I'm speaking to you on this show, but I know you and I are going to say thank you so much. It's always such a pleasure uh, to have you on with us. And, and I know that we'll probably bump parts uh, somewhere along the line. So thank you for always joining us on the show and really being able to break down what can easily be a very boring uh, you know, topic in such an accessible way that viewers find it interesting and particularly look forward to these quarterly updates. And I think to you all the best for the future. And, and I think we're certainly going to love having Ulongoso on with us in the quarter as we tackle the, the component statement index, uh, as we always talk about, uh, so we talk rather to the subcommittee to the subcommittee. So to both of you, thank you so much for joining us on the show this evening. It's such a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you. It was a pleasure. And that is the most of the manager and actor for the world, as well as the museum. Wrapping up the Wednesday edition of the Father Conference podcast with myself, Ida Mandela, Kumaru. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you with us on the show this evening. Um, we're back at the same screen tomorrow evening at 7 p.m. But it's a Wednesday, so you can have the first time from the bar show with this passing at 8 p.m. Until then, we'll see you next Wednesday.